Howard 100. Thank you all for tuning in. On today's show, Howard reunites with writer, comedian, and Curb Your Enthusiasm star, J.B. Smooth. You got long balls, Larry. Long balls. You got long-ass balls. I've got long balls. Doc, you seen his balls, right? W- would you say my balls weren't usually long? They're a bit more distended than the average testicles. You got long-ass balls, Larry. Long ball, Larry. That's your new name. trying to clean out my closet i have a hard time with that i a bunch of years ago i had some shirts made they, they look like like high-end t-shirts you know they're really nice oh. they fit under a sports jacket and uh, i had them i was really super skinny back then i had them made for america's got talent and uh, i have them all i've got i made like 40 of them like i mm-hmm. like like so i would never run out i love them and uh, the necklines are all good on me and uh, it's, you know, I have a weird body shape, but these were tailor-made to my weird body, so they make me look good. And then, you know, time has passed, and um, I've, uh, my, my weight has redistributed, and I, I said, it's time for me to try these t-shirts on that I never wore, because, uh, you know, when the yeah, pandemic came. you had 40 came, of them. How could you nah. go through all of that? Some were cotton, some were linen. I mean, they were nice, and, uh. So uh, I tried uh, one or two on. I went, oh, fuck. They they look good on my upper body. But then when you get to my belly, it's kind of clingy around the belly, you know, mm. and like it looks like I'm pregnant. So I said, you know, oh, you know, that thing happens when you clean out your closet. I start looking at myself in the mirror and I go, you know, you could lose a couple of pounds and these T-shirts could look good again. Or you could just fucking throw them out because you, let's be realistic. You ain't Is there going any back. adjustment room in them? Maybe you could have them let out a little bit. They're like a glorified T-shirt. You know what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not so, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm not it. investing. I don't want to invest more money with a tailor <laughs> on a T-shirt. You know, I probably spent too much to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, I was like, uh, fuck. So I started to make a pile. And uh, for Beth, because Beth says, don't throw out your clothes. Let's uh, redistribute. Her brothers are my height. Um, our nephew is our height, you know, is my height. So, you know, she goes, I can give these to people who are, you know, who don't have such a, a, a distended belly. And, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my. Like people in, people who actually are in shape. Oh. So I start to throw out and throw out and throw out. And now I'm down to like four t-shirts and I'm looking at them and I'm like, am I crazy right now? Am I throwing too many things out? Cause, you know, Ralph always says to me, save them. They'd be, a good, they'd be a good layer. They'd be a good layer. And I'm like, well, maybe they'd be a good layer. Like, like the collar looks good, and then I could put something over them. And then I said, you know what? My philosophy with clothes that don't fit, if the T-shirt doesn't fit, you got to say to yourself, what if I had to take my jacket off? Am I really going to wear this T-shirt? I'm never going to wear it again. Let's clean out my closet. Let's go for it and get rid of this stuff. So I went crazy. Ruthless. Yeah, you, you got to be, be ruthless. ruthless. So yesterday I threw out all these T-shirts and now I'm having agita because <laughs> I'm like, you know, what if I went crazy? I don't trust my own judgment. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'll give these T-shirts to some strangely shaped homeless people, maybe. <laughs> but you know what I say is if that shirt don't fit, throw out that shit. That's my thing. <laughs> and so I threw out a whole bunch of shirts. Uh, not thrown out. I gave to some family yeah, members. Yeah, you just are recycling them. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. You know, you got a nice shirt there. It wasn't because you didn't like it. Yeah. You liked it. And uh, 
you know, times change. When it um, change. When it comes to clothes, man, I just don't trust my own opinion. I didn't stay up last night and watch the Golden Globe Awards, I forgot, but our uh, friend uh, Gerard uh, Carmichael hosted. Was the host, yeah. He was the host. And I woke up this morning and I watched his monologue. It's pretty good. He was trying to explain why a black man would host the Golden Globes because the Golden Globes have had a lot of controversy. They never had any black members and uh, they were accused of racism. So he did a whole kind of monologue about you know why I was going to ask you what's happened because they, you know, I didn't, I didn't know they changed anything, and Hollywood came back. They were boycotting yeah. it last year. I think, I, th- I think they stopped being racist. They just said, okay, let's not be racist anymore, and they got some black. People we have involved. a non-racist policy, no black yeah. members, but a non-racist. Policy. No, I think they they appointed some black people to the board of directors and stuff. Really? Like that. So yeah, you're you're it's saying true. that because you know it, or you think it. I think I th- I think I know it from uh, Gerard's speech. So okay. again, I'm not real up on the Golden Globe history. I was not aware. I knew the Golden Globes was this organization of foreign uh, journalists, foreign press, yeah, right. And they're foreign people who vote on these movies and things, and they started an award show, and it ended up being kind of fun because people didn't take it so seriously, and all the stars sit around and get drunk and make silly speeches it's not like serious like the oscars but uh then then they got back to uh finding out that they were racist and then they got rid of the racism in a year which is pretty cool you know they well they should work on the united states if they can erase racism in a year so here's gerard at the golden globes i am your host gerard carmichael sure And I'll tell you why I'm here. I'm here because I'm black. I'll catch everyone in the room up. If you settle down a little bit, I'll tell you what's been going on. This show, the Golden Globe Awards, did not air last year because the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which I I won't say they were a racist organization, but they didn't have a single black member until George Floyd died. So do with that information what you will. The... uh you hear something? Check one, yeah, two, here, three. Check, you hear check, that? Check, check, check. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One, two, and we got a technical issue. Somebody's talking on our frequency. Hello, hello. I think they cut it off now. That was weird. Anyway, uh, so they had they they got six um, black twenty one. They had twenty one new members join the Hollywood Foreign Press last year. Six of whom are black. So they have six black people. So everything's cool now. Okay. I guess. Yeah, everything's solved. Everybody can come back. Yeah, no more racism. An award, yes. Right, right, right. Man, these these Hollywood people are in love with their awards. They couldn't wait to get back. No, they love it. It was held at the Beverly Hills Hilton. The ceremony, uh, of course, uh, was discontinued last year because of racism. Before the award show, I think my favorite is when Laverne Cox. Who uh, does that, is, uh, does, does that uh, red carpet interview stuff? And yeah, she yeah. she makes this noise. She gets very excited. She goes, "Ah, yeah, that's it." Ah. <laughs> Here's uh, Laverne Cox this year on the red carpet interviewing people, and it's quite um, it's quite funny actually. The biggest <laughs> names in entertainment are nominated tonight and are on their way, like Selena Gomez, Brianna. Her name is Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie. I am now joined by Jenny Slate. The Emmy Award winning. Oh, God, it's good. Best Supporting Actor nominee, Kiwi Kwan. Kiwi Kwan. Why did I do that? 
I don't know. I don't know know why you're doing any of that. What if you walk up to her and she doesn't make one of those noises? Like, are you nobody? (laughs) It means you're not sort of happening or she doesn't like you. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like the noise Ronnie makes when he gets pegged. Uh, then Laverne Cox, the only other notable thing that she did was, you know, James Cameron is the director of Avatar and Titanic and all that. And she pitched James. I, I imagine this is uh, every director's worst nightmare when uh, you're on a red carpet and actors start pitching you for a role in the next movie. But she wants yeah. to be in the next Avatar. Is there going to be another one? I guess it is. It's making I, a lot I think, of money. I think yeah. so. It's going to take another 20 years. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just want to let you know, in addition to being a red carpet hostess, I'm also an actress. Okay. And as you see, I I look good in blue. Um, blue. So, yeah, like my agent, you know, yeah. Self-promotion. Hi. I respect it. Can you believe I'm doing this? I've I've never met you, so I might as well, you know. Like, we'll send you my reel, and I can't believe I'm doing this. James Cameron, I really just did that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. You know, you got to, you know, put it in the universe. Let's see who's with Miss Lonnie Love right now. Lonnie, what's going on over you there? You did it. Yes, you did, girl, okay? <laughs> Why not, girl? Uh, she could certainly, with that noise, she could be like a, a bird, an avatar. They, <laughs> what? can i tell you because i'm sure you didn't watch these either no i didn't i only saw um, i saw the eddie murphy uh he got some kind of award for just being eddie murphy right well why not if anyone deserves yeah, he an should award, be given every award but if anyone deserves an award for being eddie murphy it's eddie murphy <laughs> <laughs> you know eddie murphy i love it when you get to the point you don't even have to make a movie and they give you an award uh, Gerard made a Tom Cruise joke. Didn't seem to go over too well. And Hollywood did. didn't laugh. No, not really. It's, I'm always interested in what they don't laugh at, you know? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a, a reasonable joke, but uh, Gerard said something about, I guess Tom Cruise last year gave back his three Golden Globes. He didn't like the Golden Globes and, um, he returned them. And then he made some kind of joke, Gerard, about, um, well, you know that uh, it's a Scientology joke. Here, I'll I'll, I'll, uh. I'll just play it. Hey guys, uh, backstage I found these uh, three Golden Globe awards that Tom Cruise returned. Uh, look, I'm just the host briefly or whatever, but I have a pitch. I think maybe we take these three things and exchange them for the safe return of Shelly Miskovich. Anyway, from Top Gun Maverick, please welcome Glenn Powell and Jay Ellis. So, like, I wasn't even really, I think... You're um, not up on that story, right? Well, kind of. I, from what I understand, um, the, guy, the guy who runs Scientology, his name is Miscavige. Yeah. And uh I guess his wife, Shelly, hasn't been seen in public since like two thousand seven. So nobody knows right. where she is and thus Gerard made a joke about it and people were but probably I don't know look- that that's common knowledge. Does man on the street know that know. Shelly Miscavige is missing? Yeah. Well, you know, you can't wait for the audience to catch up on the news. You just gotta go with it and hope for the best, I guess. I don't know. I I tend to wait for the audience to be really aware before I make a joke about anything. But uh, I'm that's sitting me. there thinking they didn't laugh because Tom Cruise is the biggest movie star in the world. He's the only guy who can, you know, still get people to leave their homes for something that's not a superhero movie. And everybody wants a job. You hit it right on the head. That's exactly right. You win the prize because uh no one there is going to be laughing at tom cruise he's the only one who got anyone to go to a movie theater yeah. in the last two years and you know what these people want to be in the movie so you don't fi- you know what uh, uh will smith should have gone up and uh smacked him in the mouth because uh, don't <laughs> say tom cruise keep his <laughs> name out your, your fucking mouth tom cruise's name out yeah, your mouth right tom cruise is god in that community out of all the movies being made nobody's going to the movies except if tom cruise is in it 
Um, of course, Aaliyah Remini, who has been very vocal about Scientology and some of the shadier parts of it, uh, she she tweeted after the joke, thank you, Gerard Carmichael. Where is Shelley? So she does want to know where Shelley Miscavige is. I, I don't care where Shelley Miscavige is. And, I didn't know uh, where I, she was before she supposedly went missing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in every religion there's a lot of people missing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. But, uh, yeah, religion's a strange subject. I don't know why one, people single out this one religion as being shady. Think about what religion is. These crazy stories. Every religion, crazy fucking stories. And if you make fun of them, you're going to burn in hell. That's basic, That's basically it. So... And why? And why do we even have religion? I'll tell you why. I'll give you the answer. Because we're all going to die. And we can't face it. Me included. It's crazy. It is incredibly mind-blowing to, to even spend three seconds on this topic that each and every one of you listening right now is going to be dead. And we cannot fucking handle it. It's impossible for our pea brains to wrap our heads around the fact that we're not going to exist. I'm having a bitch of a time with it. And that's why we need religion. We got to have something crazy to hold on to. Because at the end of the day, what are you going to? We're in it alone. I don't care if you got you surrounded by your family, your loved ones, this and that. You're still going to die alone. They're going to watch you die. They're not going with you. They're going to let no. you go. <laughs> and they're going to forget about you. God is my witness. <laughs> yeah, I used to have people. Well get re- used to that idea, too. <laughs> I used to uh, sit there and people would say, you, you are going to go down in history. History is going to remember you. And I go, who cares? First uh, of you all, won't be able to benefit from it. Yeah. Trust me. I left terrestrial radio. There's good bound people don't even remember me. I'm already dead to them. I, I mean, was, no. I was traveling with a person that didn't know anything about the Vietnam War. Right. Uh, didn't know the name Pol Pot, you know, nothing about what happened over there and why we were there. There was nothing but questions in her mind. Why were we ever in Vietnam? Why were, right. you know, and I'm like, well, that didn't happen that long ago. They don't teach that in school. And, you Robin know, hangs out with people who. Robin hangs out with people who've never gone to school, so that's no, that's, no, <laughs> no. She's young. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> and kids they have forget. no. They don't know. Kids have no idea who Johnny Carson is. Kids have no yeah. idea David Letterman is, and Letterman wasn't on TV that long ago. You know, I mean, it's crazy, and uh, and all those Golden Globes they handed out, those are going to end up in a landfill. Nobody gives a shit about them. But uh, there you go. There you go. It's crazy. That's that's what's going on. Anyway, uh, oh, now here's an interesting observation. Uh, Gerard, the host of the Golden Globes, had to keep telling the crowd to be quiet. I don't think, I, I, you know, the Golden Globes, the reason people like them is because everyone's getting drunk and sitting at tables talking. Loose, yeah. He tried to control them, and it, it's, a, it's a bit of a downer. You know what I mean? You can't keep telling people to shut up. Shut up, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. You sound shut like up. my dad. Shut you up. Know. Shut up. <laughs> settle, 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 settle. People in the back, let's be a little quiet here. Everybody, let's be. I'll never tell Gerard how to do his job, but I will now. I'll just say, listen. Yeah, was that man. a tactic? Uh, was he no, going the, for something? He was just uh, asking no, for be, quiet. Well, you know, he's used to working in clubs. I don't think he's uh-huh. ever hosted anything on TV before like that. He hosted Saturday Night Live, did a beautiful job, and he and he did a good job with this. But Saturday really good. Night Live doesn't have a big um, audience, and they don't give the people booze. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, what it is is with this Golden Globes, you just got to you got to do what uh, Ricky Gervais does. You just go on yeah. there. Hi, hi, everyone. Yeah, I don't care. You have small tits. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what I say. You, you, you bald. Who cares? You're ugly. Huh? You're Who all cares? freaks. You're all freaks. You're freaks. And then they all shut up because he's really he's slamming them. You're all disgusting. You're all narcissists. Stop you're telling all, people how to live. Yeah, you're all ugly. That's it. You're getting detention. Fuck you. You know. <laughs> Gerard is trying to calm that crowd down, man. You can't. A little quiet here. Whoa! 
hey, yo, 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 man, I didn't think I'd spend this much time telling y'all to go. Everybody, relax. It's a live show here. Shut up. Stop the fun, goddammit. Excited are you? Can I take a second? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Everybody get quiet, get quiet. Okay. Listen, everybody settle, everybody get quiet. Um, settle. Look, this show here <laughs> is not easy. It's very difficult. As you can see, the room is a little noisy. Mm. But the room's always a little noisy. That's the Golden Globes. Yeah. People, you're wearing a mic. People at home can hear you. Just play yeah. to the crowd at home. Fuck the people in the audience. Let them do whatever they want. And then you tell them a few jokes and they settle down. You talk uh, about would them, be, they settle down. Just start oh, yeah. saying some yeah. names. Yeah, lob a few bombs at them and they'll shut the <laughs> fuck up. But uh, he did a nice job. Uh, you know, uh, this kid, Austin Butler, who played Elvis, mm-hmm. he's into a weird fucking thing, if I may make an observation. Uh, he made a speech. Uh, you know, uh, he won for Elvis, Austin Butler. Good-looking kid. He's fucking uh, Kaya Gerber, who's, uh, you know, Cindy Crawford's daughter. He's, he's deep in a relationship with her. Uh, the kid's on top of the world. But, you know, I, I, Daniel Day-Lewis is a method actor. And, he'll like, on set, he'll stay, like, he'll, he'll maintain his Abe Lincoln persona. But this kid appears to have turned into Elvis full-time now. And the movie's over. He... A long Listen time to his, the movie's over. You got to hear this. I'm going to play you. Here's here's Austin Butler last night, and then I'll play you his voice a year ago before he was Elvis. Okay. Okay. All right. This is Austin Butler at the Golden Globe. My boy, my boy. Woo! God. Oh man, all my words are leaving me. Um, I I just am so grateful right now. I'm in this room full of my heroes. Brad, I love you. Quinn and I printed out the Pulp Fiction script when I was 12. I cannot believe I'm here right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, um, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to thank the Hollywood Foreign Press for this honor. I want to thank uh, uh, my mama, uh, Shatton, uh, Gladys. I want to thank her. Uh, here's the, just listen a little more about his voice. Here, this is him still from last I night. I want to also say to my fellow nominees. Yeah, fellow nominees. Nominees. Well, let me say something to my uh, fellow nominees, ladies and gentlemen. You have turned in the most beautiful, profound work. and I'm. All right. Now, in 2016, he was interviewed on MTV. Here he is. Tell me if his if he hasn't gone full method and become Elvis. Yeah, it was it was a little overwhelming. I I didn't realize just how congested it gets here. Yeah, and uh, and I also was just so impressed with it was the Jurassic Park stuff. I mean, I mean, th- th- there's no th- whatever this voice is. That, since that you, accent, that je, voice, je, yeah. Is a hunk of hunk of burning love. I'm so honored <laughs> and proud to be listed among you. Yeah. I owe this. To a bold, you. visionary filmmaker who... A man named Colonel Tom Pucker, who <laughs> said to me and Mama, you can be a star. <laughs> and I just want to say this. It's a one for the money, two for the show. <laughs> and you know, fellow nominees, I know you're in the Heartbreak Hotel, but I want to say, are you lonesome tonight? Are you I want to thank, I want to thank peanut butter and banana sandwiches. <laughs> you know, ladies and gentlemen, I had a real blue, blue Christmas. I mean, my Christmas blue, big time. <laughs> but now I feel better because I'm here at the Golden Globes. Excuse me, Hamburger James, where's my morphine? God damn it. Now... To all you 14-year-old girls out there, meet me in my dressing room. It's time for me to pick a bride. And now for your viewing pleasure, I would love to do some karate. I'm already wearing my cape. And I'm ready to show you some of my karate steps. Where's Richard Nixon at? Is he still president? You know, only this morning, I was praying I would win this award. I was sitting over a Vicodin smoothie saying, dear God, I'm Elvis. I mean, Austin, please let me win this 
Award. Priscilla, you look lovely as ever. Daddy loves you. Does Your daddy loves Kaya Gerber, Priscilla. <laughs> yeah, oh, that isn't Priscilla. Oh, who's that? Oh, That's Kaya. Kaya. <laughs> daddy loves you. Now I want you to move away because daddy's getting angry and I'm going to shoot a television set right in the face. <laughs> you know, Richard Nixon appointed me deputy sheriff. And I used to run around Nashville and arrest people for using illegal drugs, even though I was high as a kite. You know, many nights I was sad. I would rub the lump on the back of my mama's neck. And I'd say, God, please make me a star. And then Colonel Tom showed up and made me a star and took half my money. <laughs> Excuse me. My belly is hanging over my belt. Now, I gotta go now. Somebody buy me a triple peanut butter and bacon sandwich to go. That's right. And if you see me tonight on a toilet, I want you to call a paramedic, because chances are I'm checking out. Who's Shelly Miscavige? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I met my wife when she was 14, and she helped me with my homework. <laughs> Anybody got some Vicodin? Anybody have any kind of pill whatsoever? And fuck the Beatles. They screwed up my whole career, those motherfucking mop-tops. The Fab Four, ladies and gentlemen. It's not my kind of music. And I just say goodnight, and I'm going to arrest y'all if you don't shut up. Now, I got to go take a shit and die. Good night, everybody. Thank you. I mean, wait there, but this kid changed his whole voice. Listen he became Elvis. He became Elvis. Allowed me the experience to take risks, and I always knew I would be supported. I mean, listen to his old voice. It's fucking crazy. What was going on, so they had the giant dinosaurs. Yeah, that's that two different people. Who's this guy you say? <laughs> I told you who it is. I'm in Method Actor. I like to... <laughs> But, but the movie Elvis is over. Well, it might be a sequel. I got to stay in character. This might be the biggest thing that ever happened. I got to... I want to stay in this voice just in case that wonderful director comes and taps me again. Baz Luhrmann. Thank you, Baz. Thank you for my new voice. Thank you for my new career. Thank you for my girlfriend. What did his hair look like? Did he have a pompadour or was he... Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, I had a pompadour. I... <laughs> I put a little butcher's wax in there, and I can't tell you. <laughs> you know how they always say Robin Elvis has left the building? Well, turn out Elvis hasn't left the building. I'm right here in the body <laughs> of Austin, whatever my name is. Austin Butler, yes. Austin Butler left the body. <laughs> and Austin Butler. Took it over. <laughs> Turns out Austin Butler left the room. <laughs> you know, Robin, I just want to say in front of the Golden Globes, Priscilla was the prettiest middle schooler I've met. <laughs> There's two things in this world I love more than Priscilla. I love hot dogs and I love my mama's neck. She had a lump of flesh on the back of her neck with satin in it. I tried. And don't fuck with me because I'll tell you something else. I'm taking judo lessons with Bill Superfoot Wallace. That's right. I've got three black belts and I got those in two weeks. Uh-oh. Mama just shit her diaper. Gotta go. But listen to me. My name is Austin Butler. Forevermore, I will be speaking in the Elvis voice. And I'll tell you why. I hear there's going to be a sequel. Baz Luhrmann is pitching me on Elvis Goes to Space. <laughs> I thought Ladies he was going to preside over Ronnie's <laughs> wedding. He's, That's right. He's paying in the role. <laughs> and I want all those Elvis impersonators to send me 10% of their income. <laughs> I just want to say on a serious note, thank you for the Golden Globe. This year award is dedicated to my twin, Jesse, who I ate in the womb. And he tasted delicious with a little bacon and peanut butter. All right. I got to go now, Robin. I got to go comb my mutton chops. Hey, James Cameron, how about Elvis in Avatar? Why does my mama look like a dead raccoon? Why do all the presidents look like dead raccoons? All of my name is Austin Butler, but I sound like Elvis now, full-time. And a matter of fact, I want you to look forward in 2024 to Elvis Kills Bigfoot and then Hitler. <laughs> That's right. Coming soon, Elvis versus Godzilla, a Japanese film. Elvis Vampire Hunter. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, in a few years, I'm going to transition to Fat Elvis, and I'll be in the sequel to The Whale. 
Where's my squirrel steak with peanut butter, bacon, and jelly? Squirrel steak. That's right. That's what we ate on the farm before I made it big. Mama used to feed me squirrel steak. And by the way, look for me, Elvis, in Kissing Booth 4. Fuck you, Jacob Elardi. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, the kid totally changed his voice, Robin. Wow. Totally changed his voice. You know, people do get stuck in roles. You know, the Johnny yeah. Depp thinks he's a pirate. You know, he's never given up that <laughs> yeah, yeah. soda. Look and what happened to me. remember Johnny Weissmuller. Who, Look what happened. Uh, to me. Yeah, he, they buried him in a Tarzan outfit. And, and uh, Dracula, <laughs> Bella Lugosi was buried in his vampire outfit. Yeah. But uh, and look what happened to me after private parts. I was stuck in the Howard Stern character for many years. <laughs> thank you, thank you, man. What that guy is a weirdo. My boy, my boy. Woo. Thank you. God. Who's his boy? Oh man, all my you words know, are leaving me. All um, my words. I can't help it. All my words is leaving me. <laughs> Ever since I took this Elvis part, my words have left me. Thank you. Uh, wise man say, only fools. Uh, what about the movie? Hey, Baz Luhrmann, how about Elvis versus Frankenstein? <laughs> <laughs> I could keep it up the rest of my life. All right, enough of that. Uh, 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 okay. There's a donkey in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Did Laverne Cox meet him? That must have been something. Elvis yeah. talking to Laverne. I think Laverne was freaking. I think she thought he was really cute. Uh, um, a lot of girls really go crazy for uh, Austin Butler. Does he talk yeah. like that at home? And Kaya yes. Gerber has to put up yes, with it. <laughs> Kaya, come over here, please. Come to daddy. You know, I would have a baby with you, but then I would not love you. I only like girls who look prepubescent. Wise men say, don't take pills on the toilet. <laughs> That's the worst place to take your Vicodin. Oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, I just got shushed by Gerard Carmichael. Told me to keep quiet. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. What up? Yo, yo, yo. Hey-o! Hi-o! <laughs> okay, enough. I'll go all morning. Love it. And uh, what else can I tell you about the Golden Globes, if there's anything worth reporting? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he totally changed his voice. Chris told me as a gay man, he thought that um, Austin Butler was the hottest guy there. Just thought I would tell you. Okay. Well, I didn't see the... That's great. I think you need to know that. I um, I did not see the broadcast, so I can't tell you the hottest woman there. Although I'm a big Jennifer Coolidge speech. Uh, she gave a speech. I think this woman is terrific. Jennifer Coolidge, who was, of course, in White Lotus. And she gave a great speech. And and it's a and it's a heartfelt speech. She's kind of like, you know what? I, my career was so dead. My neighbors wouldn't even invite me to a party, and now everybody invites me. And she thanked the director for. I that. had such big dreams and expectations as a younger person, but what happened was they, you know, they get sort of fizzled by life or whatever. And and you know, I thought I was going to be queen of Monaco, even though someone else did it. But I, you know, I had these giant ideas, you know. And then you get older, and you're. It's just going to happen. <laughs> And I just want to say, um, Mike White, you have given me hope for just you've given me a new beginning. Even this is the end because you did kill me off. But it doesn't matter because even if this is the end, you sort of changed my life in a million different ways. And my neighbors are speaking to me, things like that. And, and you know I mean it. None of those people. I was never invited to one party on my hill. And now everyone's inviting me. And, um, and I just, you know, it's to you, Mike White. They should give her an award at every show. She's fun. Fun. She gives a good speech. The guy who wrote White Lotus, which if you haven't seen, is a fantastic series on uh, HBO. Free plug. Really beautiful. Uh, just just intriguing. And uh, Mike White is the genius behind this. I don't know Mike, but uh, he won an award. And I don't know. He was funny, too. J.D. thinks he was drunk. And he was crying when he went on stage to accept the award. And um, he said it was great. I don't know if he was drunk or not, but J.D. thinks he was. He, I mean, he, still basically, so, he basically what? said it. He basically, oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're allowed to drink at the Golden Globes. I think, quite frankly, that's a good idea. It makes up for any racism you might be uh, feeling is there. It, you, you get drunk, you forget about it. So uh, here it is. 
Mike White. I'm still so choked up over a generous speech. I'm like, oh. like, but anyway, I was going to give this speech in Italian, but I'm too drunk because there was no food. Oh, there the you go. food, when we got there, they were like, the food is over. You can't have any. It's just getting drink. So, like, I, so um, thank you. Thank you, HBO. Uh, if there's one place that gets you, let it be HBO. Uh, thank you. Uh, and and uh, thank you, the HFPA. And thank you to these guys. I would take a bullet for you guys. Maybe not in the heart, but in the foot or the leg or whatever. And mm. I want to thank all the actors. And Jennifer, I love you. Like, we went out with a show we wanted to do with me and Jennifer. And everybody passed. I know you all passed. You all passed on this show. And so, yes, it's very gratifying to have this moment. Uh... I didn't know this, but Mike White wrote school of rock which is one of my favorite oh. films did you know that isn't that interesting i did not um, know that i'm not a mike white uh fan it's not like i'm not a fan i just know he's not on my radar well i always like to see the writers the guys who create these shows get you know they always give awards to the actors and fair enough if somebody's great in a, sh- in a show fabulous give them an award but Jesus Christ, the writers are the ones who sit in a room and dream up these wild stories. And it's kind of nice to see them get acknowledged and their name known. But, uh, um, yeah, this guy's a genius because School of Rock was the best use of Jack Black's talents I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Although I got to say Shallow Howl was a real good use of him, too. Well, but School of Rock is now on Broadway. I mean, School of Rock yeah. has a life outside of Jack Black. Meanwhile, we were, um, what's the actor's name? Uh, I'm in trouble. Sean Penn. Sean Penn came out. Oh, yeah? And, you know, he's an activist, so he in- he introduced a surprise guest, and it was Zelensky, the guy who, you know, is the president of Ukraine. And I'm always shocked because uh, Zelensky, he spoke in English and stuff, but I forget that his voice is so funny. Chris does an excellent Zelensky. We were having really? fun with it. Yeah, we were listening. Yeah, it was... <laughs> Like, listen, it'll take you by surprise. Here's Sean Penn introducing Zelensky, who is, you know, a true hero. If the freedom to dream were a spear, I proudly present a human being who tonight represents that spear's most honed tip. Ladies and gentlemen, dear participants of the 80s Golden Globe Award ceremony. The award was won at a special time. The- hey, how you doing? Who does that wow. remind me of? Panties. Yeah. No, not that's you. who it. Yeah, that's who it is. Hey, Chris, do the routine right here. I'll I'll, I'll play a little of them and let Chris do it. The Second Wait. World War wasn't over yet, but the tide was turned. All new. It's pandas. The Second World War was not over yet, but they were given a donation of American panties that changed the tide of war. <laughs> panties. It's ham hands. Yeah. Is Vladimir Zelensky who need American panties to win the war in Ukraine? <laughs> who would win? There were still battles and tears ahead. It was then when the Golden Globe Award. The Golden Globe Award is very prestigious, but would be more better is a, the smell of American panties and pussy and asshole. This would change the thought of war in my There's country. N- there's nothing better than the smell of pussy and asshole in the panties. <laughs> to honor best performers of 1943. It- He's got a funny fucking voice. Yeah. Forget the Patriot missile system. We need you to send us American panties. It would be <laughs> it's now 2023. The war in Ukraine is not over yet, but the tide is turning. I can give you a little echo, too. You'll sound more like him. Go ahead. Yeah, give me some echo. It is 2023. The tide is turning because the U.S. president is sending us American panties. And it is already clear who will win. There were still battles and tears ahead. But now I can definitely tell you who was the best in the previous year. It was you, the free people. The free people. 
there are battles and tears ahead, but I can definitely tell you the best panties come from United States of America. <laughs> it's, oh it's, I love Zelensky. I think, Me like, too. wow, here's a dude who was a comedian in Ukraine. You can imagine what a tough gig that is. I mean, you know, there's not a lot to laugh about in the Ukraine when you live so close to the Soviet Union, I mean, Russia. And, uh, and, you know, Vladimir Putin has he in his crosshairs. But, uh, Jesus, uh, you know, you're always shocked by the voice. Hello. What's happening? Hey. That's why he's always talking through that interpreter, because yeah. he knows. <laughs> he knows we'll be goofing on him. Uh, he's got a little bit of the Irve Bilicez, the yeah, guy from playing. Fantasy Island. They're playing. Uh, they're playing. They're playing. Oh, of the free world. Those world. who united. Wow, the free world. The free world. The free world <laughs> and the Russian. And the American parties to save around the support of the free Ukrainian people in our common struggle for freedom and democracy. For brave dude, I mean, you know, it's hard to make fun of him, but he, the he, he, he should be dead. The fact that he's still alive is is a miracle. Having said right. that, Robin, sweetie, come over here. <laughs> I put that, I put that tongue of Vaseline on my Ukrainian cock, <laughs> and I hope Robin. your butt is is warm. Robin, I like when you're in your PJs. Come to daddy. Try to live, to love, to give bros, no matter who you are, no matter... To give bros. What, what are we getting? It is a beet soup you are getting. Robin, send me your giant bros. I want to smell them and sniff them. Send me your bra and panties. No matter who you are with, the struggle for the right of the new generations. Yes. Hey, Howard, this is my Elvis. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, hey, James Cameron, how about hey, me and Avatar, uh, uh, Zelensky? I could, I could be a Navi in the Avatar. I could be a Navi. Voldemir Zelensky as an avatar. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. You can, All right. You anyway, can, you can pay me in pantis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, pantis. Pant. Play some ham hands, just to if you can, Fred. Howard. I'm Robin's dad, and over 30 years ago, I recorded one of your great nights with We've been speaking with the president of Ukraine. So here, you all find out why I have ham hands, why she likes iconics, and why she likes it bent over in the third input. All right, wait. All right, thank you. Wow. Robin, sweetie. This well, is President you know, Zelensky, Zelensky never has to die because we have ham hands who could pretend to be him, even if something happens. I, that's right. This is President Zelensky, not ham hands. <laughs> your president is still alive. And send me your panties. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Wow. That is that is a ham hands impersonator, isn't he? Wow. President Zelensky. Yeah. yeah. Is that what he was doing as a comedian? Yeah. <laughs> the freedom He's to dream. Represent participants of the 80s Golden Globe Award ceremony. The award was won at a yeah. I'm telling you, you can a b those dudes. You can barely tell the difference. <laughs> what a cool movie! What was that movie where the president of the United States was in a coma and they it was called uh, wasn't that Dave? Was Dave, that Dave Ivan Reitman yeah. directed it. Yeah. yeah, the president of the United States was in a coma in the basement, and they brought in this guy who looked exactly like the president, except he was a real buffoon. <laughs> but he turned out to be a better president than the real president. So in my movie, President Zelensky is killed by Vladimir Putin. And we know we need him to lead the Ukrainian people out of the devastation that is this war. And so they bring in Ham Hands, a guy who's in a wheelchair. Panties. And he doesn't, you know, they, they keep him hidden, but they have his voice. More panties. But the problem is he's completely pervy and just wants to eat pussy and, and, <laughs> and smell panties and asshole and pussy. Panties. Listen, Ham Hands, we need you to go and just give a speech to inspire the Ukrainian people. Just stick to the script. I can do it. Panties. And don't mention asshole, taint, and pussy. More panties. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet panties. Oh, panties. he blew it. What a movie it's going to be. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else to tell you about the 
Golden Globe Awards. Who's this? Some winners. Oh, some winners didn't bother to come to the ceremony. Oh, this is interesting. Amanda Seyfried or Seyfried, she won the best performance by an actress in a limited series or motion picture made for television. And um, her reason that she couldn't show up is really fucking interesting. Really? I've never heard. I wouldn't even if I was an actor, I don't think I'd even admit this. They said that she was deep in the process, deep in the process, and she couldn't deep come to the award. Process? The process that actor, you know. <laughs> I thought she was deep in the process of discovering a cure for cancer. Yeah. What? Deep in the process. I guess like she's so... What is she, she so, playing? Uh, it, it must be some character. What are you because saying? Because she can't even go... She can't break character for a night and show up at the award. She's deep in the... Listen to this. And the crowd shuts up when they hear... When they hear an actor's deep in the process, deep they're like, the oh. Ooh. And the Golden Globe goes to... Amanda Seyfried, the dropout. Amanda Seyfried is in deep in the process of creating a new musical this week and could not be here tonight. We accept this <laughs> yeah. award on her behalf. Creating yeah. a new musical? What is, she, what is she talking about? Let's see. You're not an actor. You don't know what it is to be but in process. creating a musical is not a character. No. You don't know anything. When those actors heard that she was deep in the process, they shut the fuck up. Well, again, that may mean job, so. Right. <laughs> yes, Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> Isn't it? Let, 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 let me point out something to you again. I'm no great philosopher or, or, or man of wisdom, but somehow Zelensky, who's in the middle of fighting for his country's life, Biden. showed up. He can show up. But Amanda Seyfried's deep in process, and she can't show <laughs> That's how fucked up Hollywood is. She's making a musical. Yeah. He's just... He's just fighting for his life and his country's life and being bombed every day. But she's deep in process. Making a yeah. musical. It's not just yeah. anything. It's making a musical. Excuse Something me. Something we actually don't need. 50,000 of my fellow countrymen are dead and the fighting on the front lines. But they wanted to come here tonight to the Golden Globe Awards. Bye. Amanda Seyfried is deep in process and could not attend tonight. <laughs> but she's not the, even uh, see howard you're but, she's writing no, i don't know i don't she know i don't know interrupt her writing she's Bullshit. creating a musical i am deep in process of huffing panties but i am here tonight with you <laughs> i'm really offended by that <laughs> she didn't want to interrupt her writing um regina hall Started make that Kevin Costner won an award, who's so great in Yellowstone. Loved that show so much. Um, but anyway, he didn't show up and she started like goofing around, like, oh, Kevin Costner couldn't be here. But then all of a sudden, it's great. She reads, Oh, he's not there because, you know, in California, they're in the middle of mudslides. Yeah, and yeah, it's his like house you know, is probably sliding down a mountain he, or something. He, yeah, he evidently lives in Santa Barbara and his house is collapsing. And so then she she, she was like, oh, she got bad because she was like, oh, Kevin guys are going to be. And, and the reason is, uh, oh, mudslides. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the golden globe. Oh, and the winner is Kevin Costner. Yellowstone. He's so much wanted to be. <laughs> I always like how they write this. It's like, he's so much wanted to be. No, I'm sure he did. He's so much. I mean, if he won, I know he would have really won. But you won. So he's so much wanted to be here. But because of the, un it's been raining, the unprecedented weather and flooding, he has to shelter in place in Santa Barbara. Jesus. And then she's like, oh, fuck. Uh oh, how do I yeah. get out of this? You can hear the yeah. wheels turning. Uh oh, okay. <laughs> the bridge is out. How do I get out of this? Uh oh. You mean he had a. <laughs> He could not be here tonight. His family died in a hor horrible car accident. Oh, 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 Pantes, Pantes, Pantes. He wasn't in process. Pantes, Pantes. <laughs> no, this is, this is a sad story right now. This is so obvious. Kevin Costner is drowning in mud. Uh, drowning in mud. And his family is good that gone. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oops. 
Uh, and then Eddie Murphy, um, uh, he was there. He received some sort of Eddie Murphy award, like in other words, just for being Eddie Murphy. And he did mention Will Smith, but he cursed, so they bleeped out the joke. I don't know if you want it. It doesn't with the bleep. Oh, it's hard to. Oh, yeah. Well, he, the, the network bleeped it out. I. They should have the Golden Globe Awards on HBO or on one of the uh, streaming services that don't bleep. Um, but um, you can't so I guess, hear the joke. I want to let you know that there is a a definitive blueprint that you can follow to achieve success, prosperity, longevity, and peace of mind. It's a blueprint. And I followed it my whole career. It's very simple. There's three things you just do. These three things. Pay your taxes. (laughs) Mind your business. And keep Will Smith's wife's name. Ooh. Out your I fucking heard a mouth. better edit where it just took oh, yeah. the curse word out and then you heard the rest of the sentence. That's a bad one. Yeah, we weren't privy to that edit. We uh, we get all the bad edits. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> Golden Globe. Uh, love that name. Makes me think of you, Robin. The, go- the Golden Globes. It was on Robin's chest. <laughs> panties. And panties, Robin. More panties. talking this is my playlist the dead daisies hey now it ain't me how good is this the dead daisies i love it the fabulous song by credence clearwater revival a little remake what i call it a cover version I like to talk over good songs. That's my thing. I innovated that on radio. I play I a song. You just started doing that Elvis, and it, you're sounding like Elvis now. Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm in character. Uh, actually, I, uh, yeah, whenever I hear a good song on my radio show, I begin to talk over it and explain to you it, that it's a good song. I don't let you hear hear it, it, right? That's right. That's right. That's my thing. I innovated that. I go, wow, this is a great song, man. (laughs) This part right here. (laughs) Did you hear that? Yeah, it gets me charged up. John Fogarty wrote this song, Fortunate Son. After six months of active duty and being in the reserves from 1966 to 68, he noticed that people of privilege frequently use their position and influence to avoid military service, as many of us notice. But he wrote the song. And um, now what you don't know, and I didn't even know this. I heard this song and I went, oh, this is so good. The Dead Daisies. I don't know anything about them, but the Dead Daisies are an Australian-American rock collective formed in 2012 with a rotating lineup of musicians. Past, Yeah, listen to this. Past members of the Dead Daisies include musicians who played with Motley Crue, Thin Lizzy, Guns N' Roses, The Rolling Stones, The Cult, and Rob Zombie. So it's a lot of good musicians getting together and keeping this Dead Daisies concept alive. Nice, right? Yeah. Now as the song ends, I'll let you listen to it. I'll keep talking. Yeah. I ain't no millionaire, son. Miami's keeping it a secret. Oh, Where'd yeah. he hide that money? Where'd he hide that money? You know, ironically, I was talking yesterday about how I served in Vietnam, and uh, I was telling some stories which were painful to tell because I don't like talking about it, but... Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I think I love this song because, you know, uh, I had to serve because who, whose son was I? Ben Stern. So, uh, right. you know, no. Ben couldn't get you uh, <laughs> some kind of no. exclusion. I mean, one day I'm like just some kid in high school. And the next thing I know, I'm in Vietnam uh, cutting this guy's arm off and playing golf with it. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. You, you, you become a stone cold killer. Uh, 
but I would have this song on, Fortunate Son, in my headphones when I was out really fighting That's for our country. That's how you walk through throwing those grenades into people's houses. Well, I'll tell you the truth. One time I had this on, uh, this song on, and I got all charged up, and I, uh, I remember I strangled some school children. Uh, I oh. thought they were Viet Cong, and I had this song on, yes. Uh, How old I were w- they, Howard? Very young. I, I, I don't like talking about it. Was it was preschool, I, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, uh, no, be- even no, before no, kindergarten. No, a lot of these kids were very, uh, they, they looked mature. One of them had a mustache. I, w- I, I was the unfortunate son, okay? Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, Robin, I, let's not talk about that. That's uh, upsetting, and I don't want to upset people on such a beautiful morning. By the way, the excellent comedian, actor, uh, all around uh, triple threat in show business. And JB Smoove will be here later. We love JB. Yeah, because he writes, he acts. He, uh, oh. I'm sure he directs. <laughs> yeah, you know when Laverne Cox saw JB Smoove, you know what she said? She said this. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. Uh, let's go to Nate from Michigan. Hi, Nate. What's on your mind? Hey, Howard, how's it going? I'm just calling because uh, I my dog, Steve, we've had him for we've had him for about 13 years. And uh, he's gotten to the point where he's very old. He's arthritic. He's got um, issues going to the bathroom uh, in the house. And uh, we love him. Kids love him. I got three kids. And we're absolutely just head over, here's, head over heels for him. But we think it's time to maybe put him down. And I was wondering if you can give me some insight as to when you think is the right time. Well, uh, you know, my wife is like better that. at all animal things. I'm like, as soon as I see the, the cat struggling a little bit, I go, it's time to put them down. You know, I don't, I don't want them to suffer. I'm one of these guys. I cannot stand to see my cat suffer. And even we had to go through this recently with my cat Yoda. And I was like, gee, I think it might be time to put him down. My wife goes, no, I think he's comfortable. I'll know when. And she knows. She just knows. And she was right. She did it just right. It's a very difficult thing when you have an animal that you love and you're a good owner and uh, you're just, a, you know, you're just in love with this, this animal. It's part of the family. And dogs are so sweet and loyal. And, you know, you don't want to let go. You, wanna, you don't want the dog to suffer. But at the same time, you don't want to jump the gun either because, okay, so he had a couple of accidents in the house. Not time to let him go, but uh, he has arthritis, but he's walking around and he has a couple of good days and he's laying in the sun and he's licking his balls and he's having a fun time. He so, still responds to you. He's involved with your kids when uh, they come up to him. Yeah. So, hey, Robin, uh, he basically will acknowledge you, but the likelihood that he'll stand up to sort of greet you is rare unless it's for me. Um, so I'm sort of like his, his, his favorite person in the house. Uh, what does the vet say? Good, what does the vet say, Nate? The vet That's said the we put him on medication for the going to the bathroom in the house. Uh, the vet said it really wasn't the right time for arthritic medication because he's so old. Could It could tamper or could have um, negative impact on his, I think, liver or kidney. Um, so the vet said Basically, it's entirely up to me," she said. Mm. "We've you've had him a long time. She you said, know what? Did, you know the answer. Don't make. Don't put it on me. You know the answer, Nate. You'll know when. You'll know when. Well, how can I evaluate something like this? I'm not in the house. You know, I don't know the dog. Well, they um, could just send Beth by for a few minutes. I to swear evaluate. to God, Beth is unbelievable. She knows. I'm telling you, my wife's got this thing with animals. She's so good with them. Uh, I mean, she just just knows what to do. I even I've been uptight because, uh, you know, we have so many cats and I worry about them. She goes, would you just stop? I, let me worry about everything to do with the animals. And thank God, because uh, I would be a mess. She knows what to do. But, uh, Nate, I can't tell you when to put your dog down. It's almost... Uh, impossible if i if my wife where, where do you live michigan well she i can't fly her out there uh and besides uh you know look everybody knows their their dog if the dog seems happy when you sit with him and pet him and he doesn't seem like he's in any pain you don't want him to go through a lot of pain yeah it's a quality of life thing i think that you know as long as there's some quality to his life he's okay 
Yeah, you know, I mean, you got to really evaluate it. And and I'll tell you, it is the most humane thing. You know, with people, you can't do it. But I understand why. You know, like a couple of, like about six months, seven months ago, I don't know when it was, before the summer, um, my mother looked like she was going to die. She really was in bad shape. She got COVID the first time, had long-term COVID. And, you know, I'm talking with my sister. And we're picking out outfits for my mom to wear in her coffin. We're sure she's going any day now. And she's in so much pain. We were like, it's, well, too bad she's not a dog. We could put her down and, and she wouldn't have to suffer like this. Well, all I know is after lots of medical attention and all kind of me putting her in different hospitals and stuff, she rebounded. She's back. And, you know, we would have put her my, down. My mother was in a coma. Right. And the doctors came to us after she was in a coma for a couple of weeks. And they said, look, we need to introduce a feeding tube because she's not getting any nutrition. You know, she was getting fluids, but she wasn't getting any nutrition. So, you know, we it's time to put in a feeding tube. But my mother had a do not do extraordinary measures. Right, measures. Uh, whatever in her living will and we all looked at each other and said she doesn't want any intervention that weekend i was talking to her on the phone right she woke up yeah yeah now my mother is my mother's in better shape than me honestly so we would have put her down (laughs) and now she's like she's back and like you know she's in full force that's my best friend (laughs) <laughs> your teachers never saw anything exceptional in you like she's like oh she's i just walked down the hall so you never know yeah um, but i, I wish i could Robin. send my wife to your house to do an event she's like a a, a hot dr doolittle she kind of <laughs> shows up and knows but all right nate it's your decision you've got to know you know your dog better than we do that's the answer and uh, you'll know when it's time thank you nate i mean what does this guy want cat- from me that if you looked at the cat, you would think it's time to put her down. <laughs> but, you know, because when you stroke Jennifer Aniston, you feel That's your cat's name, by the way. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you yeah. don't stroke Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> I right. don't, no. Right. It's my cat, Jennifer Aniston. When right. I stroke Jennifer Aniston, you can literally feel her entire spine. Right. But she's constantly being looked after. She's in perfect health. There you go. That's right. We had this with my my cat Yoda. I was like, I don't know. I know he's suffering. I know Beth was like, hey, we can wait. We can wait. And then she waited, waited, waited. And then the day we did it, we never had any guilt. We felt good. Anyway, uh, listen. I, I mean, not to dwell on this to- topic, but I wanted to put Fred down for years, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't. We he's still debate every day. Yeah. Is it time? <laughs> Is it time to put down Earth Dog Fred? I don't know. Uh, by the way, I do want to point out that, um, you know, the Jan- it's the, I guess it's uh, basically two years since the January 6th insurrection. And still two years into this thing, these newscasters cannot help but say erection. Uh, when they, <laughs> really? Yeah, when they say insurrection. So I know I've played you stuff before, but here's recent... This is recent stuff. This recent insurrection slip. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, as we talk about things going down on the Hill, is trying to explain, she says, what she said about the January 6th insurrection over the weekend. And, of yeah. course, he uh, worked to incite an erection, to, uh, to assist an insurrection. Uh, inciting or assisting in an, erection, uh, in an insurrection. Including conspiracy to defraud the United States and inciting the erection. Alleging he incited an erection. Make that uh, insurrection. Conspiring to defraud the U.S. and inciting an erection. <laughs> Exciting an insurrection. I composure. The guy never. Yeah, he never heard the word erection before. I guess. No, I think that people have erections on their minds so much. Mm -hmm. This is Freudian. It's the. Silver lining of January 6th. We get, uh, it's Trump's legacy. He's getting people to say erection on TV. 
It's a wonderful legacy. Uh, for many years, uh, you know, Rob and I would uh, slip up and say the attacks on Vagina 11th instead of uh, <laughs> September 11th. Many times I slipped and said Vagina instead of September. And I know that frustration and embarrassment when one uh, substitutes a word for another. Um, I was uh, I tried being a newscaster for many years, and I don't know how many people are aware of this, but uh, I used to every every time I would go, um, so and so is being tried for war cunts. It was war <laughs> crimes. The actual uh, copy read, and I would accidentally say war cunts, and I never I had to get out of the news you business. Stop because it! I had to become a DJ, and I started spinning records for a living. Good Lord, I have a dream, a recurring dream that is so horrible. And I've told you about this before, but I had it again last night. And it's so awful. It wakes me up. I'm on the air somewhere. I'm a music DJ. And I cannot get the elements of my radio show together. I can't get the records on fast enough. And there's dead air. And I'm playing just any song. And I don't even know what I've queued up. And I'm playing like classical music on a rock station. And I can't... I. I can't uh, play the commercials. I can't find them. I don't know how to log them. And it's awful, awful. It's just so recurring. And I don't know, you know, it's just, I guess it's when I have anxiety, but it is awful. It's all these radio nightmares. And, you know, I hated, 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 hated being a, a music DJ because, you know, it never occurred to me to pull all my music ahead of time and pull all my commercials ahead of time. You know, was that the problem uh, that you were doing this in commercial breaks? In my mind, yeah. You know what it is? You're, you're, you sit down. I guess I had it in my mind that I didn't want to disturb the other DJs when they were doing their shows because we all, you know, you worked in the same studio, right? So I'd walk in if I was on at six a.m. I'd walk in, you know, ten to six, and then I'm pulling the records, you know, uh, and and uh, yeah, you know, it's it was like a mad dash. And I remember many times I had dead air, meaning the worst crime in radio. No, nothing was coming out of the radio because I couldn't get the stupid records on in time. And, you know, I, I was like, I don't know. How, I never thought to say to one of the DJs, how do 